0: Welcome to Concerning the Spiritual in Art, a podcast exploring spirituality, consciousness, and the creative process. I'm your host, Martin Benson. All right, welcome back to the podcast, y'all. Today I have an incredible collage artist, Jonathan Conda, on the podcast where we talked about amazing sort of topics related to spirituality and identity. Uh, We talked about AI and social media. We talked a lot about his process as a collage artist and sort of how he goes about getting his images and sort of archiving, going through archives and various sources to uh, source some of the uh, figures that appear in a lot of his collages. Um, He just had a lot of amazing insight to share. Um, Especially we talked a lot about sort of some of the contentious political situations that we're in and sort of how we traverse that and navigate this paradigm of like acknowledging our identities in separate ways, but also seeing beyond that to see our inherent unity and the importance of being able to do that so that we can move forward um, in our culture uh, through this conversation that we are having currently around these ideas. Um, He had just had so much amazing insight to share and just a beautiful soul, um, amazing artist. And we really connected deeply today on a lot of different levels. Um, So I I think y'all are going to really enjoy and appreciate this episode. So here you go, Jonathan Conda. All right, Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Doing great. Thanks for having me, Martin. Appreciate you. Oh
0: man, super excited to connect with you. I know we tried to connect to record like, you know, a few (laughs) weeks back. And as we talked about through email, life just happens sometimes. People sometimes life just comes in and says, nope. You got to wait. So, but here we are today, so circling back and i um, super excited to connect with you. I mean, um, like I was just kind of talking to you before off, you know, uh, Zoom, just when I came across your work, I felt such a deep resonance and power in the collage pieces that you do. And um, I came across it through the Waking Up app. So shout out to the Waking Up app. Great meditation yeah. app for anybody out there who's into uh, meditating and wants to explore it through those kinds of platforms. Highly recommend yeah. that one. And uh, found your Instagram and just kind of dove deep into your work and just really fascinated by sort of what you do, not only like the images themselves, but even these little reels that you do, these kind of like meditations um, that you sort of like, kind of these like spoken meditations that go with your collage process, which I think is awesome. But one question I'm curious about that I think is a good way for us to dive in today is... You go yeah. by the quiet fight, like your website's the quiet fight. That's your Instagram handle, and I'm just curious, like what that means to you and where that came from.
1: Um, thanks for first of all, thanks for all the appreciation. Um, yeah, really humbling, humbling to hear that. Um, and that's what we do, right? We 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 create things. We have no idea how it's going to connect with other people. So it, it's really cool to hear that, and I appreciate that. Um, the quiet fight. Um, to me it's it's kind of a it's kind of an ode to those things that we are all of us struggle with as humans but we try our best not to show Mm. um you know um taking a very uh infamous um infamous quote from jack nicholson's character in a few good men you know the the things we don't talk about at parties right um (laughs) it's kind of like (laughs) We all, we all have those inner things, whether it be, I mean, and it can run anywhere from the range of just like um, suppressed effects of abuse to addictions to just insecurities and all of these different things that we constantly are dealing with, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Mm-hmm. But it's just a quiet fight. It's a quiet battle within all of us. So you can meet someone on the street, they're happy-go-lucky, they're vibrant, this, that, and the other but you don't know what's going on on in the inside. And so yeah. that quiet fight is just basically just a recognition of like, hey, we're all human. We all have some mess that we're going through mm-hmm. that we we'll work, hopefully working through. And um, just that kind of acknowledgement of that, because I, I try to definitely acknowledge that in myself.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, man. It's such an important thing to note when we're dealing yeah. with not only ourselves, but with the world at large to like carry ourselves with a sense of compassion and also a sense of like the reality that we don't really know what's going on underneath the surface yeah. in people's life. We don't know what's yeah. driving someone's reactivity or behavior and to start to like pass judgment on another based on a lack of understanding is just sort of ignorant. We have to be able to yeah. give each other a sense of grace and compassion and, and a sense of uh, space to realize that yeah. we, you know, there are things going on behind the surface we don't know about. And I think that's the mark of the human existence is there is always, no matter where you come from, and of course there are degrees, yeah. right? Like we can't yeah. we can yeah. play a comparison game of one struggle over another, but on some level, yeah. like your struggle is your struggle. you, you know, like there's yeah. no way yeah. to to really define it other in any other way. But like that's the mark of human existence. And I think that's that friction in our life is sort of what helps us if we have the support structure if we have the right kind of um sense of connection with others we can find a way to work through that and actually become better for it would you agree that like that's yeah, sort of yeah. part of the existence that we have
1: yeah without question I, and and the thing about it is interestingly to me it's a two-way street i mean it's it's a what sometimes happens is as a defense mechanism, of course, as we know, and I know I've heard in some of your other episodes, we talk about the ego a lot because mm-hmm. that ego is that protector, right? It's out there and it's kind of like trying to, you know, and then you have the persona that works along with the ego. So persona is out there saying, hey, this is who I want you all to see me as, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of like we use that as a shield. to to kind of protect all of this nonsense that's going on inside of us. So it kind of prevents, it adds a barrier Mm -hmm. for others to actually see the truth and and work along with that truth within good reason, because we know that many people will exploit that or we at least feel that way. That's what our ego feeds is like, hey, if I show this vulnerability, then they're gonna think I'm not fit to lead or not fit to do X, Y, Z, or I'm not this, that, and the other. And so we, we kind of live behind all of these walls. So it's, it goes both ways. Like you said, showing compassion to others, you know, somebody screams at you, somebody cuts you off in traffic, somebody acts rude, doesn't speak. Instead of jumping into the like, okay, what was their day looking like today? What, what happened? What's going on in their life? But conversely, Hey, if I'm not having the best days, sometimes it's okay to let people know, like, Hey. My day is kind of garbage right now. I'm going through some things. You don't need all the details, but just know I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. So if I come off a certain way, don't take it personally. Yeah. We're, we're just we're just living life, right? So yeah, it's kind of, of it's kind of though that that two way type of interaction. I think is very important. That mm-hmm. kind of in, in, improves the environment, um, but it's hard to do because because the the society is built against that, and yeah. and it's always been that way. I mean, it's been that way for millenniums you know yes. um I was I was laughing I was looking at um I, I what is it the um I can't th- remember the name of the artifact but it was a um kind of a king's record of their I'm trying to think was a snack rips prism or something along those lines where it's kind of like these kings but all the kings would do that from the ancient times they would document yeah. their little things and they would leave out all of the mess <laughs> <Make it look laughs> all, pristine, yeah all the huh? Of the defeats, everything that they did, they wouldn't leave that, but yeah. they will hype up the, 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 the wins and the, the victories and kind of even like kind of expand the stories beyond reality. So yeah. that's just kind of imperfect human nature to kind of yeah. say, hey, look at me, I'm I'm this and no, don't worry about that. No, no, exactly. look at this, you know. Put <laughs> all those airs <laughs> so, yeah. of
0: perfection. And I think to me, that's, exactly. a, that's a futile effort because anyone who digs deep in their own humanity just knows that there's beauty to our imperfection. Like that's what makes life worth living. I think this fact that we are on an evolutionary trajectory, not only of like our consciousness, like our soul, our spirit, whatever we want to call that sort of essence that's growing and learning Mm. through this experience of life. And when we try to pretend like we got it all figured out, like we've done everything perfect, made every perfect decision in our life. um, It's, it's just going to hurt us in the end because it's denying us our humanity in that sense. We're trying to put ourselves in some space of the superhero who has no faults. um, But that's just not the way things seem to work. And I find I connect more with people who are aware of their own faults and imperfections. And I see so much beauty in it. And, uh, and also for me, it gives me like a sense of a ground of connection. Like if we can't connect on anything at all, at least we connect on the fact that we're both, imperfect beings trying to figure this thing out and we're doing it together (laughs) in some way. But I want to touch on this. uh, You brought up like um, the historic record from Kings and how they kind of like scrub all their defeats and all their negativity. And to me, this kind of is a good segue into your work too, thinking about history and thinking about like how we can understand history through the lens of the subjective experience and how the ego of these rulers or conquerors Define sort of terms on what we think to be the history, but really it's it's not so black and white or clear as to what actually went down. I think of this yeah. line from the movie Braveheart, and this old movie where like he says like history is written by those who kill heroes, and so yeah. it makes it makes me think a lot about like what's left out of history and and is our understanding of it really accurate. And so when I look at your work, your collage work, I mean, you deal with the explorations and historical figures and, and sort of different sort of cultural icons and um, also coupling those with some beautiful metaphorical symbols through natural materials or even certain landscapes or even kind of like these um, geometric glyphs in some sense. And so I'm curious like how you feel about this idea of history and our understanding of it in relation to even like some of the work that you're making, because I think that's from my understanding that seems to be some of the subject matter you seem to be interested in
1: definitely um m- more so how history was recorded and you can kind of go off into the deep end um i am i am by uh I guess when I when I take like the personality test and things like that on my INFPT. so I'm like in the I'm that mediator I'm like mm-hmm. I see both sides of the of the battle sometimes and most of the time and so um with most analyses like that it is always you're wrong what I found is right mm-hmm. but when you really look at history in and of itself, you see that there's garbage on both sides. You yeah. see that there's, and the world is just full of these ongoing conflicts and struggles. For myself, um, my my work is less hist- historical based and more based on narrative mm-hmm. because of what's reported in history, right? So yeah. um, there was a time where, you know, especially like amongst, you know, members of the African diaspora, like there were these exploitive books that kind of just you know talked about like hey look at all of these you know weird people over here and look at how they they don't have they don't do anything they hunt in the woods and they you know it was just their jungle and this that Mm -hmm. and the other and kind of cast a certain level of um wonder Mm -hmm. you know to the to the to the uninitiated and there was no way to fact check there was no way to see the balance of what these people were actually were about and Mm -hmm. so extracting those images that and looking at them in their own right and knowing that hey these people were beautiful or because Mm -hmm. of this person here like who knows how many hundreds of people exist now because of this individuals you know so kind of take extracting them from that original narrative and kind of recasting them in this beautiful light um that seems to be like more my my thing history is subjective because none of us were there (laughs) <laughs> exactly right, exactly. so so I can, and and now, especially with the information being so abundant and everybody being able to create information and quote unquote content and stuff like this, anybody can have a cinematic video and sound authoritative and you know speak with confidence, and they can be totally wrong or totally <laughs> yeah. misleading, right? But it sounds so convincing. I mean, that's media, right? That's yeah. been the struggle with media since its inception, so. It's it's a to me, it's more of a balanced understanding of, you know, there was some good, there was some bad. Um, there's a constant. You know, there's this constant shifting of because people at the end of the day, we're all people and people exactly. have those exact same things. There are no like there's no one. Nation or race of people that is a hundred percent pure and righteous mm-hmm. just doesn't exist. Yes, <laughs> so, exactly. so, so there may be a conflict between these two groups of people. But you say, okay, well, these people are right, and mm-hmm. then you start looking at their political activity and the way that they treat each other, and they're and you're like, oh my goodness, it stinks over there too, and it stinks yeah. over here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not to be defeatist or not to be extremely negative, but that's just the reality of, of of life. So, mm-hmm. um, kind of exposing some of that, I guess, is my my goal, um, or, or at least speaking to it. Um, yeah, there, we weren't there. Are there any <laughs> stories,
0: like any figures, like within some of the work that you made or any stories that you've like learned about that, like blew your mind open about like certain notions in history. I know like maybe there's, cause you explore a lot of these different individuals sometimes, like yeah. is there anyone that stands out to you? Like some storyline that you want to share that really inspired you or kind of like changed the way you thought about a certain historical moment?
1: that's a that's an interesting question and and the interesting thing about it is the majority of the the figures in my art are anonymous nobody knows who they were yeah. they were just there it with their photographs taken during you know um uh you know explorations of different lands and things of that nature, just documenting for scientific documentation or for textbooks and things like that. Yeah, Very few of them were actually, um, were very, were actually like, you know, documented historical, like this is so-and-so from, you know, this area. Mm-hmm. So most of my insight comes from just personal study outside yeah. of art, the world of art. And I think it's kind of shaped my perception. Um, mm-hmm. you, you kind of, you know, even within my own, Within my own family's narrative, one thing that I'm fortunate to have is, um, you know, I have an uncle who was very into family history and very honest about family history and where, you know, our family comes from and and the dynamics that shape who we are. Um, I have a cousin who was a who was a um, extraordinary um, food historian and. um, And he has kind of gone through and like really picked apart a lot of these things through the avenue of the culinary side of things, but actually yeah. using that as a portal to kind of open up like look at all these influences that mm-hmm. that affect us. So that being said, I mean I'm constantly learning different things about um I think it's interesting now we're in this we're in this era where we're starting to connect um the things to we refer to as culture. Mm-hmm. To actual like traumatic experiences that happened, and how like these things kind of echo through generation to generation, even without us even knowing it or understanding right. it. Yeah. Um. And so you know, just different things. You know, it, it's you know the 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 Afro American experience is very nuanced. It's a very distinct culture, mm-hmm. and just seeing like different things that we do, and different things that are. And I say we in a very general sense because again, we're not all you know but kind of you kind of have these characteristics just amongst the culture right and and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like these things that you see and it's like you learn like okay back in these times we acted this way because of this negative circumstance but we now is part of our culture you know um yeah you know it's it's and and to be honest with you, like I'm I'm being kind of uh, to be honest with you, and if I'm being 100 transparent, I'm being a little evasive right now. I do have specifics, but it starts getting into the realm of like, um, you know, things of things that especially around the the times of slavery and things like that, which tends to be a very, uh, how can I put it, very um, controversial topic. Not in the sense of what it is, but in the sense of you know, this quote-unquote lack of documentation, which routes back to what we were just speaking about before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Scrubbing like, it out. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah. ooh, and then it's like, okay, so, and then even if I'm being honest and fair on the other side of things, if we were to find documentation on that and the different things, who knows what their mindset was and their slantiness. So it's kind of like, it's, there's this weird... there's just this weird complexity to it that I tend to stay away from um simply because um and and I get I get I get a little bit of a kickback from that from some of the folks that like appreciate my art and they're kind of like why don't you get more involved and why don't you get more into and and it's just to me it's not my place my place is my goal is just to normalize humanity like you know when I first kind of got a little bit of things kind of like, hey, well, you know, somebody wrote up a little thing and they were like, you know, up and coming Black artists. And I'm like, why do I need to have that designation why can't I just be an up-and-coming collage artist or why can't I be defined by my medium or mm-hmm. my region or where I am geographically why is it this you know yeah. oh he does pictures of African women so he's a black artist you know mm-hmm. so that's what I loved about the waking up opportunity is because it neutralized all of that because yeah. it was literally just me speaking from the inside these abstract mm-hmm. concepts of you know yeah. and and it was I was able to kind of get outside of that and say okay we're we're artists here we're not all of these mm-hmm. little yeah yeah. No, this is things.
0: interesting. Well, this is very interesting territory to really discuss because we don't in the mainstream, we don't see us discuss the nuances of these of these uh very important topics that are being discussed around identity, around yeah. equity, inclusion, around racism, our, our history, right? Yeah. Our our generational trauma that's passed down through. You know, even DNA in some sense, when we look yeah. at epigenetics, right? Like, we yeah. are working out our ancestors' trauma in some way, uh, it's encoded in us, uh, just on yeah. the DNA level. But yeah. the nuances of identity are really interesting in this time, and we can, if you want to explore that, we can go there a little bit because I, you know, me being like i think about this like i'm sort of labeled as a white person but when i think about my actual history i'm part iranian eastern european slavic like i'm jewish um is that really defining of who i am and i understand that i i can present this way and so in certain arenas or circumstances of course there's going to be sort of like certain biases and ways in which that i could be treated differently and i i think that's terrible, but that's also something we have to be aware of. And those conversations are important, but that being said to reify the separation, the sense of like, to define someone based on those terms, like you just spoke about someone referring to you as a black collage artist, as opposed to an artist, to me, that sort of reifies the separate narrative, the separatist narrative. And, and as we, as we do that, we're no, we're not going to get through to the sense of our inherent unity to get beyond that like yes we have to acknowledge these things exist that these cultural conditions and biases and these um, atrocities of humanity happened and that they're still feeling the ripple effects today and the way people treat each other but we also have to look beyond it too at the same time and it's it's a very nuanced situation conversation we need to have around that because um, in order to get beyond the labels, we first have to accept that we've created them in the first place, right? Like that we're 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 making all this up at the end of the day. If we really understand the condition of humanity, like we were talking about at the very beginning, right? Like the struggle of life, the quiet fight, like this is what yeah. unites us. Like we are the imperfect, the imperfect notion of our beingness is enough and so i always circle my mind back to this place of dignity of inherent dignity that everybody deserves no matter who they are where they come from what they look like what their family's history is um what their personal history is like just at the basic level of our existence the fact that here you are here i am like you deserve as much dignity as any other human on the planet regardless and we have to get to that point but I think we still have a lot to, of working out because I think in some sense, oh, yeah. we think about like power structures um, yeah. that sort of control a lot of the way our culture and society is moving. Um, they really thrive off separation. That creates yeah. a paradigm for control. Like it's just a part of like the whole adage divide and conquer. So as as people, we need to find our unity more than ever, and especially in these very contentious, politically divisive times. So I appreciate like what you're bringing up in your own personal experience. And so I guess a question I want to throw back at you is, so how do we, how, from your perspective as a black man, how do we navigate those conversations so that we can Mm -hmm. acknowledge the difference in the same breath that we can accept and acknowledge our inherent unity so we can move beyond these labels that we attribute to each other? Because I think we still have a way to go. Yeah.
1: Yeah that is an extremely complex
0: yeah i know it's so hard question
1: to, to a to a degree but but you know so
0: maybe just speak to it from your like own personal experience yeah, cuz like you can't definitely. speak for everybody like you just speak as jonathan definitely. like yeah. what you see in your sort of uh window in the world yeah
1: so there's a couple of couple of dynamics for me um that kind of um kind of shape that so from a personal, personal standpoint, my my parents, my my mother especially, um, was very very cultured and very well traveled. Um, she lived in when she was growing up. She lived in London. She lived in Germany. She lived in Kenya. She lived in several regions of the wow. United States. Um, And it was because of her, her, her father, my grandfather worked with the United Nations and he was, I believe he was with the Department of Agriculture. Uh, And, and so because of that, he was kind of like working with these different nations and they would move and he, she absorbed those experiences. Um, You know, she had German boyfriends and all that kind of good stuff. (laughs) You know, she did her thing. Um, She was a beautiful woman. Um, So that being said, I was always kind of fed from childhood that there's more to life other than the block that I lived on, the neighborhood that I lived on, the city I lived in, the country I was living in, like there's this world out there with all of these different nuances and these amazing things and the reality of the fact that because of who I am, even though you might highly appreciate and want to fit into these other things or accept these other things, it's not going to be as easy as just that. Um, and, and especially at the level that I want to connect to these cultures, um, one of the most heartbreaking things for me is if I meet someone of a different culture and I have some, even familiarity with that culture, but they kind of write it off. as kind of like, oh, you're, you know, you're just trying to, you know, do this for Instagram, or whatever the case might be. Right, and it's like because it's just like oh, it's it's cool because mm-hmm. like hey, look at me, I'm cultured, I can this that and the other. Um, that breaks my heart because I love people, I love yeah. really love the nuance of culture and and that. And eventually, I can break through that. Is usually either through usually through food or music. Those mm-hmm. are the two two things. But kind of to circle back to what you said. Um, so I say that to say that it 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 varies. Not everyone has had that type of upbringing. Yeah. Many people have had an upbringing where it's just kind of like, this is your world. This is who you associate with. This is who you, who are, you know, the neighborhoods and many uh, around the world, people where places where people live are usually exclusive to certain race, certain culture, certain yeah. economic status. They don't get a chance to see anything else. And so now you're an adult and you see something and you're all this time, you've been programmed to like. Oh, yeah, you're different or you're Mm -hmm. this or you're that. Right. And trust, I grew up in I grew up in South suburbs of Chicago, and I am for point of reference. I'm 49 years old. So when I was there, I mean, intense segregation as far as like where the neighborhood lines were in. You could cross the street like, okay, that's where the Italian Americans live. Mm -hmm. This is where the Mexicans live. This is where the Puerto Ricans live. You know, it was very defined. So. Many people don't escape that bubble. So another thing that contributes to, like from a spiritual standpoint, um, the way that I worship, just in our transparency, I'm worship as one of Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows anything about us, we are everywhere. We are global. And the brotherhood mm-hmm. is incredibly real. Yeah. Um, I've been to Seoul, Korea, and have instant bonds, wow. instant, like, like, beautiful friendships with 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 um brothers and sisters out there Spain anywhere anywhere that I go like literally I can catch my brothers now we're human don't get me wrong I mean it's still like there's still some things that even I've had to work through and still have to work through in my experience same as my brothers and sisters but at the same time again it's opened up this this worldview of like hey we're kind of all the same they have these little nuances (laughs) and culture but yeah. We have, we, we love our families. We want the best for ourselves. We want mm-hmm. peace. We want to be able to provide for ourselves. Yeah, You know, it's just these basic building blocks of humanity. So mm-hmm. what you said is interesting. I, I know I'm kind of like giving you a lot of context, but no, it's good. It's important. You know, when, when I see a lot of political and, and, and policy driven battles for equality and things like that i understand it but at the end of the day the policies the laws all of these things were made by human beings Mm -hmm. to 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 change the perception you have to change the human heart and that is probably one of the most difficult things for us to do um i can maybe help you one-on-one but to to change a policy does not change a person's heart It, it you change a policy okay oh we're well and good let's celebrate let's have a good time guess what? If the, the lawmakers or whoever's involved in that, their hearts aren't changed, they're going to find another way to mm-hmm. exhibit that. It's going to come out. So yeah. that's that's the thing. It's like, there's certain things that I think are of a more of a spiritual nature than they are a political and or civil rights type of nature. Yes. It's, it's humanity. It's like, yes. I have to connect to something higher than myself. <laughs> and look at that as the source of like, okay, how should I look at this gentleman right here. Mm, yeah. <laughs> he looks different than me. He's from, <laughs> from a different place. He's had a different upbringing, but how should I look at him? Oh, that's my brother. Okay, cool. Martin, yep. you're my brother. Like, yeah. you know, I have to have a different a different point of reference more yeah. so than myself and my own experience. Hmm. And that's, that to me, that's the key. Yeah.
0: Man, that's, I mean, that's exactly how I feel too. Like, the, like yeah. laws don't change the human heart. Like the human heart is changed yeah. through direct experience with life. Um, And when we can uh, penetrate the boundaries that we, we so-called constructed or believed in, and we get beyond those boundaries and we see our inherent unity. Um, And so like, like you said, this is a spiritual problem in terms of what we're seeing, like on the political landscape, it's, it's playing itself out through the, through the language of politics, through the language of culture Um, but really it's, it's a spiritual problem and not spiritual in terms of like one specific religion or another, but spiritual in the essence, like if we have to define a term, when I think spiritual, I think it's about like this quality of, of aliveness, this beingness that is within all things that is inherently the same. Um, and it's on its like most fundamental level. And that's, that's the ground that unites all of us. We are all here present in this grand mystery of life um, and we play these different roles. We have these different characters that we play, but we are not the, we are not the role itself. We're the actor. Like we're the one acting the role. And uh, I think we tend to forget that. And so for me, this is why I feel like I've been drawn to the path of an artist and I can imagine I'm assuming that's probably why you're drawn to that path because I feel like art is a medium in which we can penetrate those boundaries, those walls of language, of sort of like culture and politics, to get to the essence of the human soul, of the human spirit, um, and communicate directly spirit to spirit or soul to soul. And yeah. that's where yeah. that's where the change I think happens is this recognition of our unity of dignity uh because of these facts um i think of like some things like the dalai lama like preaches a lot and speaks to a lot is about like all humans like what you're talking about how like all humans like how you know want some of the same things like all humans essentially want to be happy they want to be safe they want to feel supported they want to have their basic needs met like this is this is something fundamental and so we're creating a society and a cultural condition on this particular planet that is not allowing for that to happen. Only certain people are afforded dignity, the dignity of being alive, of having food and shelter and access to health care and ha- access to education and and the freedom to to uh, believe what they want to believe in their, and worship who they want to worship, right? Um, yeah. And we all ultimately are trying to find our happiness. And so- Um, I'm just resonating with what you're saying. Like we have to speak to the human spirit. And I think art does that and storytelling does that. Like, right.
1: Yeah. We think
0: about how we can replace our sense of self with other, this, this sort of active experience of empathy is super transformative. Um, And we're not always afforded opportunities for that in our world because of our attention spans because of our media saturated culture that yeah. is so totally distracting us from the the real essence of the issue that i think you're pointing to and i'm pointing to myself so i think that's what art can do i think that's that's the in the idealist vision of art like that's the tool it is <laughs> it is a yeah. scalpel to penetrate into the human spirit um yeah, i seriously. see you a, yeah. agreeing with that and um I'm curious for you, like in your own experience with your art making, because as artists, as I know I'm mixed up too, we have this journey of like, is it working? Is it not working? Are we getting, are we speaking to the people we want to speak to or are we not? Do you have sort of a sense of experience where you feel like you are really connecting with your audience or a person? And and what does that mean for you to connect with someone? Like, how do you, how do you quantify that or qualify that?
1: I am. I'm working through that because, of course, not only am I, it's my desire to be an artist, my my. There's also I'm. I'm involved in the business side of art as well, so that kind of puts in. It kind of muddies the water a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, true connection doesn't always involve financial transaction, right? And sometimes, yeah. and and don't even get me started on social media. Like it's. <laughs> it's it's such a it, it's such a weird vanity system and at the end of the day we're all employees of the platform but we really don't see it like mm-hmm. we kind of get drip fed these rewards and i been, i mean i struggle with it constantly so i'm not yeah. trying to be condescending and be like hey no. you know social media blah, blah blah you know every connection that i've had is because of social media so mm-hmm. you know i can't actually um degrade it but to your point, every now and then I, I will get a message from someone and it's sometimes just the most random things that, um, or individuals seemingly random that just message me and just are just like, this stuff is incredible. This piece here is really like, this is what I thought about. It. And I get paragraphs. I mean, it's, it's mind blowing wow. because I'm, you know, I'm, I am, um, as we all are, we're work, I'm a work in progress, right? There's certain things. Sometimes I look at some stuff and I'm like, "Oh man, I did that! Like that's incredible." And then sometimes I look <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, that's horrible!" Like you know, <laughs> that you know, and so that constant struggle. But to me, it's those individual moments of just like somebody across on the other side of the world, and that's what I love about the technology of it, right? It's kind of like being able to to have that exposure. Um, yeah. In in art, there is as with every it's not just visual artists and music, it's in everything. There's a sense of, I don't want to call it elitism per se, but there's just kind of this, this thing of like empty compliments, right? Where it's mm-hmm. just kind of like, you know, yes, I'm one of those people. Yes, I appreciate art. And so therefore I'm going to speak to your, and, and you appreciate it, especially yeah. if it gives you exposure and things like that. But at the same time, it's not really genuine. It's just mm-hmm. kind of this, kind of mechanical thing but those little personal moments that i i tend to get on a regular basis i don't have a huge you know social yeah. media following i'm just kind of getting my mind wrapped around certain strategies and things for that and to what end i'm still yeah. working that out yeah um, man
0: i hear that
1: but um at the end of the day yeah i mean people speak to it a lot and um I'm grateful. That's, that's yeah. just, it's just amazes me. Um, and like you said, just, that's our point, right. To connect to someone's heart and mm-hmm. sometimes they feel something, they don't know what they feel, but they feel something. And they're just exactly. like, wow, like, it's just, this is just really cool. I have to sit one person just um messaged me not so long ago. And they're like, you know, I just have to sit with this for a minute. Like, it's just something about this. Like, I can't put my finger on it, but thank you for it. And I'm like, wow, yeah. you know, um, that's my goal. That's what I yeah. want. So.
0: No, that's a, that's such an important note. Um, because like, Yeah, like the business side of it is tricky, and the social media side is very tricky to navigate. But like when you really like to make someone feel something, like I feel like our culture, and I'm generalizing, and I have my own limited perspective. But from what I'm gathering, I think our culture has a tendency to numb a lot of – emotions in people to to oversensitize and therefore numb people and so when you can get someone to feel anything it's a powerful experience because it's that emotional sort of connection that again is kind of linking us back into the interior spirit right right? like so so getting someone to feel something even though you don't they don't really can't really understand what they're feeling yet that they have to really sit with it and discern like kind of figure out what it is that to me is such a powerful act because it's it is like, like I was saying earlier, like it it penetrates beyond the boundaries and the walls and the, of like conception and and yeah. sort of ideas that are limiting our connection to our essence or who yeah. we truly are. So that's such a beautiful beautiful thing. And I agree. Like when I get those kinds of messages or notes from people, it's like, you know, yeah, it's nice to be able to sustain your life through your art in certain ways. And I'm still yeah. working through all that. And yeah, yeah, um, and I probably always will be because the, at the end of the day, that's just, it's a, it's a life path. Like I teach yeah. students art and, um, and I try to like, tell them that like, this is not, it's not about success or notoriety that may come, but this yeah. is just a path of life and a path of, of learning. And like yeah. art is your path to learn and, and grow in a lot of ways. But I think when we can have at least that, just that sense of okay, like, yeah, you're, you're doing the right thing. You're on the right path. Like we need, everyone needs those moments because we all have the doubting mind there. Um, But to your point about social media, man, I feel the same way. Like it's a tool. Like we have to realize we are the product. Like you said, like we are employees, like we are, our attention is the product. And so like, you have to, you have to temper your, your connection to it, but it is an amazing thing. It's allowing me to connect. Yeah. It's like everything, right? It's got both the dark and the light you yeah. got the yeah, dualistic would, principle it's got both in it and really what it's going to come down to is is how you use it um it makes me think of this old sort of uh native american sort of uh um uh what's the term you, you use but just kind of like this analogy of like these two different like wolves inside of you you have yeah. like the dark one and the light one and like and they're yeah. always fighting and and in which whichever one wins is the one you feed So like we got to make sure we're feeding that light, feeding that positivity, feeding that growth and evolutionary mindset and not feeding the doubting, the judging, the ridiculing, all that because it's it's not going to serve us in the end. But social media is an incredible tool if we know how to like keep our boundaries with it. And I think that's something I struggle with because i want yeah. to be able to connect with people i want to be able, i want people to be able to hear these conversations that we're having so i have to promote it and put it out there but i yeah. also i have to catch myself when i get stuck there <laughs> scrolling and looking at nonsense numbing my mind <laughs> right it's just numbing yeah. so like i always am trying to dive into a book i'm always trying to like yeah. find ways yeah. to to uh, counteract the gravity that's there it's like a black hole man the closer you get the more you get to it the more it sucks you in so you have to be very disciplined about it
1: yeah it, it amazes me um, I was thinking about this the other day um, I was thinking in relation to one of my nieces and um, just the generation she grew up in she grew up in the when she was born it was the you know she was one of the ones that could it you know, three months, knew how to work on iPhone, right? And and just so so that's the world she's lived in from birth. People walking around with cell phones, people taking awesome quote, unquote, awesome pictures and this, that, and the other, and this, that. And, you know, even like watching, like, you know, television or like watching like streaming services on TV, right? What happens if you watch like a TV show or movie, like, they give you the option to skip the skip the intro, so get right into it, and then they give you the option to skip the credits and go right into the next film. And, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like this compressed, like, force feeding of just, like, all of these things without the ability to just sit back and savor, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: When I was a teenager, I had to go to a gallery and or get a book and see a photograph, and I had to sit with it, or I had to get an album, and I had to sit with it and listen to it. You know, and there's beauty in that. Um
0: definitely.
1: But we're kind of programmed now to kind of take these things in a rapid fire because mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, if we're just being honest, the the corporations and the companies that drive this are making good money based on how much they can, you know, mm-hmm. keep you locked in. Um yeah. so it's, it's a weird thing. Um, to your point. Yeah, I, I, I love it in the sense that, you know, it's allowed me to make some in, very awesome connections. I'm super introverted. I'm not very outgoing. I don't advocate for myself a lot. Mm-hmm. So through social media, I've been able to kind of make connections. And it's kind of like, yeah. people literally just like reaching out to me and saying, hey, man, can we talk? Can we work? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Or me, yeah, you know, uh, you know, it wouldn't have happened if I didn't, didn't follow that route, you know, um, so it, it's it's an interesting conundrum, but, you know. Yeah, really it is, and
0: we're all, and we're all figuring it out, and, um, yeah, exactly. and it, what's cool is that, like, you are seeing a lot of people who are speaking out about these sort of negative side effects of social media, the instant gratification yeah, yeah. culture, and, you know, art invites us to slow down, um, at least really yeah. good art does. I feel like it slows us down, it kind of arrests us, it, like when you yeah, see something yeah. even like a great song or a great film or anything that is just has so many layers and nuances and depth to it it stops us and slows us down so I think art is kind of can be a counteracting tool for yeah. us certain kinds of it but it's tricky because most people are consuming art through social media now right yeah, Th- through quick yeah. images so we have to be aware of that of how we can engage our audiences in different ways but I think that uh definitely. any sort of new technology that comes in, there's always going to be this time frame where we just misuse the hell out of it until we find it's, some kind of some kind of balance uh through self-awareness. And I think that is definitely. that's where we're kind of at right now. Like we're we're starting to be aware of like, oh, this isn't so healthy, right? This isn't so right. healthy to live. Um, these lives based on perceptions of like these highlight reels that we see of others and judging ourselves in comparison to what we think someone else's success is or not. Because it's like we were saying in the beginning, like it's all these facades, like, how do we how do we get past those facades and get down to the raw essence and power of like, what could be expressed from one individual to another. Um, And so I think we're kind of working through that. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to I want to circle back to uh, some of your work and some of your collage pieces, because to me, like when I look at them, um, because you use a lot of of people, a lot of figurative imagery Mm -hmm. in them um, with a lot of other sort of metaphorical images, symbolism that's in Mm -hmm. there, too, which I really love. But the way that you choose like certain people and the way you frame them, like there's just such as raw Power in them and the way that they kind of like penetrate like in the gaze like the way they look out like a lot of them are like really like looking into you Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm curious like sort of your process for how you source these images you're I assume you're looking through lots of books um like but I'm curious like are you going to like any like archives like in libraries like are you digging through things like that because some of the images that you're finding not only like are you getting a great high res images of some of these really powerful figures, I'm just curious, like sort of your process, right? How you find these images and how you go about telling these stories through your images. I
1: appreciate that. Um, Yeah. So a lot of, that's one of the beautiful things about technology is that a lot of museums, a lot of places are starting to digitize their collections, which is, um, Wonderful. Um yeah. and 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 literally there are days that I will spend. Um, I do have a limited amount of physical things, you know, physical books and magazines that I'll I'll source from. My thing is is that most of the I'm just now kind of getting into like just regular just art prints for the sake of, you know, wall decoration, mm-hmm. but um many a times I'm working with editorial pieces and things like that where copyright is really a thing you have to really yeah. be careful about image sourcing so i tend to have always kind of fallen into places where i know for sure hey we're releasing these images they're copyright free that kind of thing to make sure that i'm i'm staying safe yeah um so i can literally spend i have about i would say maybe about at this point seven or eight museum library sources that i go to and just kind of just spend hours literally just going through you know certain you I know my style so there's certain keywords that I'm starting mm-hmm. to learn and trying to find but they're not always reliable mm-hmm. um but just really just looking at things that connect to me emotionally from a, a standpoint of nostalgia and then also just um again like you know like a lot of the I love a lot of the scientific illustration just because like somebody it's it's this Code, quote unquote, scientific textbook, textbook. but at the end of the day, someone actually drew that out. Someone (laughs) actually, like, there was some guy, like, or 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 woman sitting behind there and just doing this beautiful, you know, and it's math and it's and it's symbolic of something happening in nature or whatever the case might be, but it's representative. It's so beautiful, right? And so you can kind of use that, Um, and. So so yeah, I I source a, a, most of my things from that. And then there's some like geeky stuff that I do on the back end to make sure that the images are high res enough that I can use them and they yeah. won't like blur out. So there's a whole like mechanical process behind just the romantic art part <laughs> <laughs> where you know you have to kind of yeah. like I'm, I'm on a laptop and I'm kind of like you know clicking around and, and oh, yeah. doing doing things with different pieces of software. Um and so Yeah. So basically I'll just do that. I'll just spend a whole day like sourcing images and then I'll check the resolution. I'll try to resize them as best as I can. It's like 300 DPI. Mm -hmm. Export them in folders. And then, so, and then I would just go through and just, you know, I try to um, I'm a, I'm a huge, um, one of my biggest inspirations is music and not from the standpoint of being influenced by the music itself, but like the, the thought process of artists and, um, ever since I was a kid, I loved Vangelis. And he he. there's an interview, like old, old like archaic interview, where he kind of talks about his process and how immediate his process had to be. He hated having an idea and having to wait weeks or uh, days or weeks before he could actually record it. So mm-hmm. he had his studio set up where everything was right there and he can play everything live and kind of yeah. record at the same time. So that's kind of my thought process when it comes to like creating like I very rarely sit with something for days unless mm-hmm. I'm working on like something for a project a client yeah. Um if it's something that I want to do like I get a subject and I just start filling it with emotion and mm-hmm. just seeing what happens um yeah. and you do that enough and it you start to kind of it starts coming off as looking easy, you know, it because it does. It kind of simplifies because your yeah. brain kind of knows, you know, you know your taste and you know kind yeah. of what works and what doesn't, and you just things start coming together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love I'm 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 very attracted to photographs um of people who are looking dead at the cameraman. Um yeah
0: man the gaze
1: you know, um mm-hmm. there's one that I just did recently I think I think I got my girl up here this one um mm-hmm. where her her the intensity of her gaze like i joke with my wife all the time i'm like she is not playing with me right now she's just like <laughs> she just like like and yeah. and just to to wonder like what was her thought what was she right. thinking as as this picture was taken of her for example that particular piece um the original piece she was nude mm-hmm. and i'm i'm curious about like it's hard for me to i try to base try to research based on her um the garb that she was wearing kind of what area um, she was from but it's very hard for me to kind of lock into it i have a couple of ideas but if it's what i'm thinking that typically wasn't their dress even at that point they Mm -hmm. they were typically covered so i'm kind of wondering like okay was this exploitative did she know that um was she just not having a good day did she just not know what was going on you know it's Mm -hmm. just kind of all of these emotions that come from somebody's face right and it's kind of like i just kind of wanted to like just Lock those in. So very rarely will I take a picture, a photograph of someone and desecrate the face in any kind of way. I want Mm -hmm. the face to always be clear. Like if it's something I generated via AI or something like that, I'll cut it up. But if it's just a if it's a real photograph of a real person, I tend to like stay away from the face and just kind of because that's where the emotion is to me. Yes,
0: definitely. And like the anonymity of these people too, like what you spoke to earlier in our conversation is so powerful because again, it's like comes back to this point of like getting beyond the personality, the personal history, and just seeing the humanity right there before you. And it's like raw sense, like just looking into you. And so when I look at your work, like I automatically feel a sense of like empathy and connection to these subjects, even though I have no idea Mm -hmm. who they are, where they're from, when they were from, But like, there's just something about the quality of their humanity. So I think you just have such a great eye for curation of like figuring, finding these images themselves, doing that groundwork. I love the videos that you do on your Instagram page of your process of you collaging with you kind of narrating Mm -hmm. in the background too. I think those are so beautiful and so cool to see you use like the way you use your iPad, like just so like, it looks easy, you know, from the, from the, (laughs) but I know these things aren't easy. And that's just part of art, like, you know, artists, like we've struggled for many, many, many years to make something look as easy as it might look, but it's really very hard and takes a lot of time and effort. How do you go about like, so you have like a figure you're working with, right? And then you're bringing in certain other kinds of images to couple with that. Are you thinking and like, because a lot of times I look at your work, it's visual, it's poetry, um, the way that you're bringing these certain images, or flowers, or certain structures, or certain kind of horizon lines, or like compositional elements into them—like, do these things? Just kind of—are you kind of like playing with these tools intuitively? Like, are you thinking about some of these other like other types of images that you bring into work, like, in as metaphor or symbol for other ideas? Like, what are you? What's your thought process for that component?
1: I think I think there's a a, a little bit of all of that. I I, I have. Right now, I've always had a certain vision in my head as to when I first started doing this type of work. Um, There were artists that I really admired and, you know, I love this element of it's kind of like again, I use the word again, nostalgic element, where it's just kind of like something that feels kind of familiar and warm mm-hmm. and and kind of. So my color palettes tend to stay in a in a very similar range. You know, mm-hmm. I use a lot of deep oranges and things like that, and yellows and soft blues, and and I, I because for some reason, why I don't know, it just feels. Mm-hmm safe and warm to me it, it just yeah. has a warm fi- a warm feeling and my goal of my art is never like I haven't made any pieces I think I've done I have done a couple of pieces and the reaction was kind of interesting that are kind of too that are not very peaceful in their <laughs> engagement where it's kind of like you look at it and you're like whoa hey what, yeah. what are you doing with that and and but that's rare you know um just because it's it's just not that's a very small piece of my personality um But to your point, yeah, I mean, it's becoming intuitive now. Um, Mm -hmm. It's always been intuitive. It started with intuition and then you have to figure out, okay, the technical part of it, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I like this element, but now I have to think of composition and balance and things like that. So then it took a while for me to kind of say, okay, this doesn't fit. This is too heavy on this side. We need something over here. And then... I know different elements that I love to use. Basically, basic geometric shapes, flowers, like you said, scientific illustration, maybe yeah. small clips of words and things like that, paper textures, um, and so you know I try to try to balance things out. Uh, once I get my core image, um, but yeah, it, it's a balance of intuition and, and yeah, just. The, yeah. the, technical stuff. Yeah. No,
0: I can feel that. Uh, you mentioned just uh, a few moments ago about how sometimes you'll use like AI to generate certain <laughs> qualities. Can you say, t- cause I'm fascinated with AI and I'm like, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but yeah. like, like at the end of the day, it's like, okay, it's just a tool. Like any tool can be used in any way. Like it's like, yeah. how do you use it? And like, how do you think about it in terms of integrating it into some of your creative processes?
1: That's a great question. What you said earlier was interesting about technology in general. I think you were referring to social media and you said that mm-hmm. we have to find a balance. Mm-hmm. Right now there are the balance is up in the air. Um so <laughs> so first of all, we've been indoctrinated with with the concept of AI from science fiction for yeah. like decades, right? And so it's kind of like we are we've are, as soon as we hear those words most of us were vilified subconsciously because we really don't even understand what it is or what mm-hmm. it does um at the end of the day it's a tool and there's a human behind it in one sh- way shape or form we don't have completely <laughs> autonomous ai yet that's yeah. you know that's the Thank god <laughs> the, the terminator and all that kind of good stuff oh, is yeah. not skynet is not here yet but yeah
0: please don't a, 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 <laughs> ai has
1: existed for like decades we just didn't know it it just wasn't at a consumer level Mm -hmm. so now you have these these computer systems that can um examine external data and and make calculations based on that data and come to a conclusion right so Mm -hmm. that's the current controversy with ai it's like okay wait a minute you're sourcing and scrubbing all so many artists believe that this ai is going out and looking at You know, let me look at Martin Benson's image. Okay, this is a Martin Benson painting. Okay, he does this, this, and that, another. Okay, I'm gonna make this, I'm gonna make Mm -hmm. a and then claim it's mine. That can happen, but it depends on who's wielding the tool.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. So
1: for myself, how I use it is I try to create things that just wouldn't exist in the real world that are not, and I tend to stay away from any living artist. That I mean, there's some artists now that I think are absolutely amazing, and I would absolutely love to cut up some of their stuff and use it in a collage. <laughs> uh, and I've I've done so in a private, you know, just kind of to play with yeah. stuff. I would never publish them or anything like that. But um, to that point, things that I would use publicly, you know, I, I tend to tend, go toward um kind of similar to the source material that I already use. Yeah. Um I try to mimic. Um, old photographs, old print work, things of that nature of just that kind of changed the narrative again, you know, maybe putting people of, I have a whole series that I haven't started working on yet of images with um, women of various ethnic backgrounds. And you know, I have Japanese, I have um, uh, Samoan, I have um, different parts of Africa, you know, Ethiopia, Somalia, and these photographs of these women that I've generated dressed in a very specific way photographed in a very specific demeanor and I want to use those as collage so I can't find those they don't exist Mm -hmm. when you look at them you're not like oh that looks like a such and such photograph or that looks like because nobody has done it you know and why they haven't done it that's you know that's a whole nother situation now (laughs) truth be told I can go out and hire a model I can go yeah. out and fire, hire wardrobe specialist. I can go out and hire a photographer. I can go in and hire a studio and get the same photograph and then cut it up later and use it for collage. Technology has afforded me the option not to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so that's and you know you think about you know, you think about it from every aspect. When the drum machine first was popularized,
0: mm-hmm.
1: people went nuts. They exactly, were like, yeah. you know, like what is this nonsense? Now, as a musician, I'm at home. I'm a great keyboard player. I need a drummer. I can't afford a session drummer. Hey, I have this thing here. I can tap out a beat. Yep. It's it's a practicality. It's a tool. It's not, not going to take anyone's, you know, if it does take your job, there's some complexity there. Um, yeah, if it does sure. take your livelihood or affect you to that core. But I get it. I, I get, the, get the thing. There are some artists out there that are getting ripped off where it's just mm-hmm. like people are like, hey, make me a Martin Benson and painting with such and such and such and AI generate it, and yep. they put it out in their thing and they get all these likes and this gratitude yeah. and it's like hey wait a minute yeah what's up with that you know so there's a balance to it um, for
0: sure it's interesting it's just an interesting landscape because like like you were saying like with the uh you know you know with the invention of like these different uh like with music and and the what do you call the drum what's what's the name for it like the thing that you're tapping out the beats on in there and I forget what it's called. I have a, a buddy of mine who's a music producer. I remember playing with his, yeah. but um, yeah, it's just at the end of the day, it's just another tool. Like it's another way yeah. for us to play and express ourselves. But we also with that have to be thoughtful because with AI, the way it does borrow images and mm-hmm. kind of recreate things, you have to just be conscious yeah. with the way you use yeah. it. And at the end of the day, if somebody yeah. out there wants to make a painting that looks like mine through AI, go for it. Like I'm getting oil yeah. paint and I'm actually painting it. And there's only one of them. And that's just how <laughs> right. I do it. And you can do that all day. That's fine. Like there's room for all yeah. of us, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah. And and truth be told, I mean, artists do that anyway, right? I've right, actually exactly. got to ask for, to do commissions where I'm like, you know, hey, we love your style, but we want you to do a colli- uh, illustration like such and such. And I'm like, why don't you just hire such and such where we can't afford them well that's too bad like it's so humans do this already like we already borrow from what we've already seen borrow from other artists we we study their styles and then we come up with our own Mm -hmm. ai is ultimately doing the same thing except again whoever's wielding the tool can direct it to not be so diverse with it to be very specific and very and that's that's the problem um so it's an ethical issue there it is yeah um yeah. yeah, computers can AI can outcalculate us. They can outthink us. So <laughs>
0: not know. yet. Hopefully, right? Oh man. Yeah,
1: not not yet. Not
0: right? Yet. <laughs> exactly. It's interesting, but no, you're right. Yeah. Like to your point, like that's part of what being an artist is. Like we absorb our environment consciously and unconsciously. Just yeah. humans, right? We're we absorb yeah. information all day, every day, consciously and unconsciously, and then, then it's fed back to us. And sometimes we're aware of where it's fed back from, and sometimes we're not because we absorbed it right. into our subconscious. But at the end of the day, like we are a filter, a medium through which this kind of energy moves and expresses yeah. itself. And I've use I view myself that way, like when I'm when I'm painting or making work, like I try to like become some kind of channel for energy to move through me and try to get out of the way, you know? Yeah. And um, to me, that's like where the magic of art is, is when you can try to get out of your own way and just be a vessel for this higher energy, power. Um spirit to move through you in some way. And yeah. for other, some people out there that might be like, well, that's kind of woo-woo sounding, but like, that's just my experience, <laughs> you know, and that's just sort of yeah. how I I frame it. Like I want to, um, there's this creativity is such a magical component to the human experience. And um, I can't help but to think of, um, and I'll use the term God, other people might want to use a different term, but as like the yeah. thumbprint of God, like the creative principle or essence and we're expressing sort of a microcosm of this great macrocosmic reality. And to me, it's like that's yeah. how we connect to that through the creative act as like a form of connecting to uh to God or to the universe or this higher power or source energy, however, we want to define the ineffable, yeah. undefinable thing, you know?
1: Yeah. And and of course, I mean that's that's how you know if you think about it the the earliest evidence earliest evidence of human art that we have right what was it it was animals it was stars it was things that these humans saw that struck them with awe and beauty you know you see a a field of gazelles running I mean that's one of the most beautiful things you could ever see and you can't even recreate it you can't even begin to Mm -mm. to me there's art all around me right and so um like you said, of course, I definitely believe in a creator. I've said that many times, even in my, my, you know, social media feeds and things like that. Um, there's, uh, to borrow a statement from, um, Joe Kenneth, um, he, he's a multifaceted artist. Um, but he, he says his tagline used to be created by the creator to create. Um, uh, <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, I love that you know, if you follow the biblical narrative, you know, man was made in the image of the creator, meaning taking on those qualities, taking on the same personality traits. And it, the world around us is amazing. Oh my goodness. Like if you just stop and just look at things that we walk past every day, right? You yeah. look at a leaf, you grab a leaf off of a tree and just really sit with it and look at it. It's mind blowing what you have in your hand. Like exactly. the system, you know, it's just like, wow, wait a minute, this is here. And I'm walk past it every day. The sunset, the sunrise, we never get enough. Um, so yeah, like you said, it's just, Absorbing all of that. Um, I, I say that a lot, that we are not one thing that irritates me is when I hear artists of any medium act as if they are the first to do something or they're they're the the originator or the <laughs> and I'm like, you didn't know we don't yeah, we can only give what we take in. Like mm-hmm. you said, sometimes it's unconscious, sometimes yeah. we don't understand that hey, I'm connect my subconsciously I'm connecting these dots here that yeah. seem to separate, but I'm I'm putting them in my mind and this is what's coming out and I'm like oh yeah look at I'm awesome <laughs> yeah y- you're 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 a vessel you were you were a channel exactly. for that for that and that's just how I process through your filter and it came yep. out and it resonates with people awesome
0: exactly but
1: it, it's it's an interesting thing creativity is an amazing it's a beautiful thing it's it's yeah. uh and everybody has it, you know. Yeah,
0: exactly. To me, it is the ultimate sign of the creator, uh, and yeah. we can define. And, and this is where people get in the weeds a lot. Like, yeah. I don't care how you define that. I don't care how you connect mm-hmm. with that. Like, that's between you and the create right. the creative <laughs> principle. That's not that's none right. of my business. Um, but like that, the fact that like we have this field of of material and imagery and experience that we can filter yeah. through us to create something new is it's just a gift it's a beautiful yeah. gift yeah. um something i tell my students a lot is like to be an artist is to see what goes unseen to notice what most people pass over to be sensitive to your environment in such a way that you can see everything that's happening on all these different levels like to because like life is so complex and yeah. we have in our and we are live in our heads a lot um, be for better or worse in certain circumstances but we can be blind to the majesty of just this reality as it is yeah. to behold a plant in its totality and its pure essence is the most magical experience one can have if you're doing it fully and completely yeah but a lot of people just look Ah, oh, it's just a plant and oh, it's a leaf like whatever right. and i'm right. like well, oh, but like like what's going on here like it's so magical so like for me i'm always trying to live in a state of awe and appreciation for the mystery that surrounds me and the beauty that's inherent in it even though that to contrast that we live there is going to be its opposite the dualistic framework of life is here for us to learn from i think that the dark and the light work together to teach us something beyond it and that's even greater in some way but it's hard it's hard to express that when people are deeply going through uh, suffering and difficulty and what we have to do is hold them in our heart and be there for them in whatever capacity we can as they move through that space because ultimately these things do change yeah. everything does find its way forward um, yeah. in some way shape or form but i think this circles back to sort of how we began this discussion around yeah. getting beyond the boundaries of our separation and into the inherent unity and dignity Of our humanity, the quiet fight, the fact that we are all here struggling in our own struggle, but that struggle is here to serve us if we know how to frame it and we have the support structures to work through it. And um I'm just grateful, you know, you're doing that through your art, like you're providing in some way, like you spoke to the people who reach out to you in certain times, like they're they're getting that sort of emotional movement inside of them. And that is helping and that is serving this greater story that we're a part of. And and so I thank you for just the beautiful work you make and everything That's that cool. you're doing on your side of the planet. And I think we are we are compadres you know we are working together <laughs> we are working together on this mission of, of creating a deeper resonant connection with the inherent unity that within all of us and I think uh it's a it's a it's a it's a tough road but like we're in it together and I and I feel really positive when I and really hopeful when I meet people like yourself so I just want to extend gratitude to you for for what you do and for taking the time to speak with me today. I feel like our discussion went to a lot of really deep amazing <laughs> places. Um and so everybody out there listening, you have to check out Jonathan's work. I'll have all the links in the in the show note uh, in the show notes to Instagram, website, anything else you want me to put in there, you just let me know and I'll uh, I'll add that to that. But um just thank you so much for your time today.
1: You're very welcome, brother. I appreciate you for the opportunity. This was an yeah. awesome discussion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To be continued, man. I'll talk soon. Definitely. Right? All right. Take care, peace.
1: man. All right.
0: Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Concerning the Spiritual and Art. Um, if you like what you're listening to, please uh, leave a comment. Uh, give me a rating on whatever podcast platform you're you're tuning in on, and uh, help me get the word out. Share with any friends or family, anyone you think might be interested in uh, what I'm doing over here. Super excited to bring a lot more of this content to you. Sending lots of love out to each and every one of you. Peace, y'all.